So what are some of the signs that you're in a to- toxic workplace? And it's not just the building. It's not, it's not about the building, the brick and mortar. Oh, this building doesn't look nice. It's abusing me. It's people. It's people that are there, whether it's a line manager, the owner of the company, a colleague, whatever. And that's the kind of reason why you feel, you know, unhappy with where you are. And sometimes you might second guess yourself and think, no, but maybe, maybe it's not that. Maybe it's me or whatever. I don't know. These things happen. But there are signs. And I think it's important that we point out such so that we can help ourselves get out of situations or even remove yourselves from those workplaces. And uh, let's see what perspective Dr. Tepisoma Denji has on this one. She's a psychologist, life coach, and personal change catalyst. Doc, good morning. Morning, Mo. Are you good? I'm fine, thank you. And how are you? Yeah, I'm good. It's Monday. Happy Monday to everybody and the team. Thank you very much. I must say, Doc, one of my biggest fears is exactly this. Mm. Being in this sort of relationship where you are in what you think is an abusive relationship with your job, the place you work at. The last thing I want to ever experience is to wake up in the morning or, or get up and leave my house in the evening for gigs or whatever it is and feel like I don't want to go there because it's not a pleasant place for me to be at. Whether it's because of the pay, whether it's because of the people that are there, whatever the story is. And I feel very happy that I have, have never actually experienced something like this. But I know many people who have. Um, and they all have their own stories. But there are signs, Doc, that we can look out for. What are these signs that say to us that this is this horrible relationship that we have with where we work? So you've highlighted the the first one that has to do with how your energy is as you are approaching work, as you are thinking about going to work, especially on a Monday morning, that sense of dread, heaviness, apprehension, and just the lack of uh, enthusiasm to go there, right? Mm. Uh, so at an emotional level, your energy tells you that I actually hate it. I don't feel it anymore. Mm. But the second one, and this is where people might miss it and then might rely a lot on being given feedback, but that in voice that you have, particularly when you are speaking to yourself and when you are speaking to somebody else, whether it is somebody who's not in the company, somebody who is in the company, but they are new, and you find yourself that you have become that negative Nelly or negative Nelson, where you become the encyclopedia of all that is wrong with your company and the job <laughs> and why new ideas <laughs> will fail. And we all know that encyclopedia in the company. Isn't that all of us? Aren't we all in encyclopedias of all things wrong in the company? <laughs> then that is one of those indicators that Otomilo sure. over negative nail or negative Nelson, mm, right? Mm. And then the nostalgia. Well, you know, in our time, you are always the one who's referencing in the beginning, in my time, when things were like this, you always there you find that you've struggled to adapt to the changes that have happened and the changes that have happened have actually left you disillusioned and completely uh, discontented with where you are because you are still in love and you're still remembering and holding on to the memory of what yeah mm. you keep reminding yourself that you know what i still have small children i have a mortgage i need the money the economy is bad so you're constantly in negotiation with yourself there's conferences that are taking place about why are we still here and always it comes to the pragmatics about the finances about the kids about the mortgage about all the things that you need to be able to at least feel like you are okay even though you know the work that you are working is not okay and then the last one is that you know that more you're putting in whether it is amount of hard work amount of time you are either feeling unappreciated 
or the reward and the acknowledgement that are coming towards you are less than what you're putting in, or more importantly, the quality of output that you're bringing out. You're, you're accomplishing less and less and less, and it doesn't look like you're moving forward. It looks like you're stagnating or even regressing. So look at those things, and then understand, Hori, like you might be having a bad relationship with a lover or a friend, you're probably having a bad relationship with your um, with your job, and then you need to think about, okay, if I kiss a sharp, let me now be- believe my own rhetoric and think, or what do I do to get out of it? Can we talk about individuals that make life difficult in the workplace to the extent where you feel this way? Because it's also those individuals, Doc. So how do we manage those scenarios within the balance of which you've pointed out just a few seconds ago? In other yeah. words, you know, if somebody's making my life difficult, whether it's a, a line manager or a colleague, whatever, this, the security at entrance, whatever the story is, mm. dealing with that and and still not you know, um, losing your job? Because there's also that fear, oh, I'm going to step on toes, oh, this is a battle I'll never win, etc. It's funny, when you ask me that question, I remember specifically this one individual who there's a new, you know, they work in a a, a parastatal and there's a new person who's been appointed and this person who comes in, they need to make their presence feel because they are new in the job and they have a tenure of five years, right, between elections. Mm. And they need to come in and make everybody feel about this. Right. Mm. But what happens is that this person becomes the most toxic person in the company and they are making everybody unhappy about being there. And when you realize that the source of the issue is the person and this person is the one that is contaminating the world, it actually is an opportunity for you to reevaluate about where you are. And with this individual that I'm thinking about, she actually had to realize this person is very intelligent. The boss that I have is very intelligent. She might not be that would do this job in terms of their personality skills. Mm-hmm. However, they have a lot of technical, they have a lot of knowledge, they have a lot of connections. And let me see how, as a door opener for me, as somebody that I can learn from, how I can do certain kind of work within myself to be able to learn as much as I need, because the skills that actually come with this person exposing me allow me to move to the next level in terms of my career development. And then, of course, there are times where a specific individual who's very toxic to you is not even a door opener. They're not necessarily yielding any amount of power in a sense of enabling you to move to the next level, Mm. but they're wielding power in terms of shutting down opportunities for you and making it happy for you to be okay. And you realize that perhaps I need to work at upskilling myself to make sure that I, 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 I am no longer at the level where I need to engage with this person. And whether that might mean I get to a horizontal move mm, or I take a demotion mm, or I leave mm, the company. Mm. So I work at me in terms of migrating to the next level of my of my career. And that way, I'm okay with my profession. I'm okay with what I went to school and what I'm doing. I just have a problem with this person because they think they are my door opener, but I realize that actually they are not. So I'm trying to pose it in two ways. Whether this person who is toxic for you is your door opener in a real sense in terms of they've got skills they've got knowledge and competence that will enable you to go to the next level or if they're toxic but actually they don't have any power whatever power they have is what they think in their head they have delusions of around you and then you look at how you reposition yourself and another time it's just an opportunity for you to say you've left your place leave Samaya, mm-hmm. go elsewhere all right we want to take a breather i do have another question i want to throw in there particularly around getting constant feedback um from your employer or your line manager etc um in the way of criticism or do this better whatever and 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 the line between that and you know the abuse where you're constantly being put down you know you're not good enough 
you, you just I don't know who hired you, etc. So uh, just uh, uh, think of your comments on that doc, and we'll come back in a moment and just unpack that aspect because at times, um, and I know it happens a lot where there's getting constructive criticism and then there's really just you know cutting people down into pieces in the workplace to the point where they just feel like they don't even know why they're there so we'll talk about that as well as well as your comments Doc, as we continue our conversation this morning, those are some of the voice notes that have come in. Somebody being there just to keep um, the lights on and uh, food on the table because they've got children to think about, but otherwise no drive. And then promises made but not kept by your employers. How on earth do we even begin to deal with such? Look, um, we've, we are now going back to where that environment is not, you're not okay. And mm. some of the coping strategies, it is, is and, I, and I want to begin the conversation there with what are you willing or unwilling to live with. And most of us, the power of the will is the strongest and that determines what we are willing to tolerate and the boundaries you are willing to reinforce if they are being crossed. Mm. Because if you are actually not willing to go hungry, you are not willing to shrink the amount of money you are getting, you are not willing to put in the extra hours to have a side hustle, mm. then any of those strategies that might have alleviate this tension, this place where you are stuck, they're not going to work for you. Mm. So firstly, check with yourself. Be honest with yourself. Because if you are willing or you're no longer unwilling to say that job and you are willing to sacrifice a couple of hours in your day to do a side hustle, then do it. If you are willing to sacrifice time for you to go and be study to upskill, then that's your option. If you are willing to go and talk to the people that you need to talk to at the company to tell them this is what is happening, this is how I feel, um, you know, I'm no longer happy with this job, then that's what you're going to be able to do. If you're willing to work on your CV, put it back on the market, and then look at how to get out of it, then that's what you will be able to do. Also, if you're willing to shrink your money, you might be willing to go and take a lower um, amount of money at a different job to move downwards instead of horizontally, or you might even be willing to move horizontally. So those conversations actually make it possible for you to explore possibilities on how you can cope with it. Mm. It is when you are unwilling to shift that no matter what coping strategies I can give you, you will simply sit and vegetate where you are. We're going to go to Peter Doc on the line. And Alex, Peter, good morning. Morning, how are you, Mufle? Very well. Thanks for holding. Short and sharp. What do you want to say? Yeah, man, I'm doing the um, uh, e I'm driving a boat, you know. Mm. Uh, that work is so abusive, my man. There's no profit at all. You get blocked for no reasons. Like, for instance, when the science is not teaching, uh, like you don't have a choice, you have to wait for the client, whether the client is coming or not, you'll get blocked for reporting that the client never pitched. There's no profit. You can work the whole day, my man, on the app, it will say you have 2,000 runs, but you only check in your pocket, you only have seven runs. Like, mm. actually, we're just working for petrol, and uh, yeah. 
their commission. Their mm-hmm. commission is too high, ah, my man. We tried to protest, nothing uh, that is going to help us. Hmm. Yeah. All, right. Okay. All right, Peter, thanks for that. Uh, Doc, what do you want to say to Pete? Uh, Peter, if you're working for seven, is it say seven rand or seven hundred? Seven rand. Seven rand. Mm-hmm. I wonder if ever the lady who sells the tomatoes at the corner makes more money than you because mm-hmm. she simply gets the tomatoes wherever yeah. she gets them and then spends the rest of the week at the corner selling them. So I think where you have to confront your own reality about where you are and how unfulfilling something is and you realize actually I'm making more losses than I'm making gains, mm-hmm. it's actually a very nice reflection in your face. It's not nice in the sense that the truth is not nice to, to, to deal with, mm-hmm. but that is the most accurate indicator that yeah. I need to make different choices and then it's about how do I come up with an exit strategy for me to leave right and part of the thing is that dealing with your own fear and dealing with your own discomfort because yes that exit strategy means you're going to make yourself vulnerable to things you don't have control over but then there's a fear that you might fail there's a fear that you might go hungry but you are already going hungry so what else can you do to make sure that as I deal with the fear the people around me understand as I deal with the change the people around me understand as far as they can and then we come up with other alternatives to be able to say how will we transition through this phase and I think the key thing also is to remember some of the changes you want to make, they might not happen overnight. They might take a process. You might find that your exit strategy is, is a plan that is going to be three years and you don't even have the endurance. And talking to the people around you who love you, who care for you, it might be about helping you emotionally to feel strong as you transition within a period of three years to get you where you want to go. I love that, Doc, because, I mean, this entire conversation is centered around what happens in those four walls. Yes. And what I think is also important is to remember that nobody lives in isolation and there are, you know, avenues through family and close ones that you can utilize to help you cope and not feel like you are useless and not even if you have responsibilities for people not to make you feel like you're failing them, but instead to encourage you to make decisions that will enable you, quite frankly, Absolutely. To, Absolutely. to do something and do something better so that you can provide as you always do. So Absolutely. I think that family aspect is very, very important. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so before we leave, I want to go back to the question you asked me about where you are having an abusive person in the job. Mm. Uh, the key thing is that a lot of us, when we're feeling things, we start questioning and doubting ourselves. So please can you sit down, write down what it is that you are feeling that is making you unhappy and then make a decision to say, I'm going to record it. It doesn't have to make sense in perfect English. I'm going to put it down and then I'm going to give feedback. Don't make the mistake of thinking that you must just, this person must see or root, tell must see or unhappy. It doesn't work that way. This is work. You have to give them feedback. And when you're giving feedback, even if it's verbal, follow up with an email that records and uh, um, recording the conversation that we had in the meeting yesterday I articulated these were my issues and this is what I raised and this is how you said you would be able to attend to them thank you for the meeting whatever so you need to make sure that you record and you give feedback and the feedback is not just verbal you also have an email or some kind of a paper trail that records what you do secondly understand the policies that your company has around grievances right and especially if you're dealing with a superior who's abusive to you you need to make sure that if ever you can you follow what the policies say and you have a union person representing you so that there's a third party and you are not going against what your policy says and that you are doing according to what your job requires so if you are incompetent and you're not doing the job understand that you're giving that person who's abusing you power to continue abusing you and then thirdly be able to follow the channels 
from our channels, understanding that if they do not give you the things that, that you need, what is your exit plan? So that conversation about what you're willing and unwilling to live with, mm. understand that that one has to be able to be implemented, whether you are ready right now or not, but at least come up with a plan that allows you to know how you will leave the job. Doc, thank you so much for your time. Um, a conversation that has no conclusion, but certainly pearls of wisdom that we can walk away with. We appreciate you so much. Absolutely. Have a good week, guys. Bye-bye. You too. Dr. Tepisoma Denji on Personal Mastery. She's back. Her name is Dineo Ranaka. She's coming through on the bridge next from 9 to 12. Have an excellent Monday. And I mean it. From us, it's a good morning. Good day and good vibes. And good vibes.